Hi everybody, we've got a great episode for you tonight. Dan and I are in the hot seat again and we're interviewing a very special couple. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Friday PM. Thank you so much for joining us today. For our, our regular viewers, welcome back. Get comfortable and we pray God's going to bless you whether you're watching on video or on podcast. You are so very welcome. If you're a new viewer today, you're listening to Friday PM for the first time. Well, guess what? God directed your steps and your fingers to be with us today. So I pray you'll be mightily blessed and welcome to the Friday PM series. Well, as you heard from my wife, Charlene, we are very honored and privileged today to interview a very, very special couple and uh, somebody that some of you might know because uh, Zach and Kate are with us today. We're the special couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's them. And uh, as you might know, Zach and Kate are, of course, in the ministry of Vinesong. Kate is well, you're like a special guest, Kate. You just come every, <laughs> every once in a while. Kate prefers to be behind the camera, but she is open for the Lord to use her, um, even being in front of it every once in a while. And we're very proud of Zach and Kate because they are engaged to be married soon. And so we'd like to congratulate you both on your engagement. And uh, partly that is what qualifies them to be able to share their testimony a little bit today and, and what God has done for them so far and how they got to be where they're at. And we know that you're going to be mightily blessed. And can I say, it doesn't matter where you are at, whether you're single, whether you're married, long married, newly married, not married, um, whatever your position is, I know this is going to touch you and, and, and maybe even help you to help others. So, so we pray you'll be blessed either way. Now, over to you guys. So <laughs> you have a great testimony. You guys have been... Uh, courting for over three and a half or by three years, three and a half years almost, I think. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they've really taken God seriously in their relationship and uh, they've both been called to the ministry. I believe by divine appointment, you both have got such clear testimonies. We won't get into that today for the sake of time, um, but God's brought you together. And in the beginning, God, it's almost like he gave you instructions, right? Uh, um, how to conduct yourselves. Um, and kind of almost like guidelines, Zach, in a way. What was it for you in the beginning? What, what were the kind of parameters, if you like, that God showed you? Or what, what, what stirred that, that desire for, for that purity in your heart? Yeah, well, we both came from very far ends of the spectrum in terms of purity. So Kate's on the far side of being having remained pure. Um, for her entire life and I was on the other end of the purity spectrum where I'd totally blown it and um, before I knew the Lord you know a lot of lot of wrong relationships and I heard a lot of people and um, just you know really not not at the place um, where you should be in terms of a, in terms of purity by any means and so um, when we came to start courting we both felt that we would have to conduct the relationship um, in a radically sort of pure way. 
And for me, I didn't want to blow it again and hurt another person. And I knew that the next person that I dated, I intended to marry. That was one of the things that uh, when I got saved and um, born again, that God really kind of showed me was the next relationship will be the last relationship. And um, so we, we discussed it. Um, we sat down and we, we drew kind of uh, parameters, as you would, you would say. Um, and we did a couple things. Um, and maybe I'll just outline them and ask Kate to share more on them. Um, but we, we did, we set physical boundaries. That was the first thing we did. Um, because today is very easy. Um, it's a very easy thing to walk in, into temptation. You know, it's all around. Uh, it's, it's on your phone. It's on the TV. It's on your iPad. It's everywhere you go there's temptation abounding. And so the first thing we did was to set physical boundaries. And the other thing that we did was we wanted to raise a banner in the spirit. And so we made a point to connect spiritually and to pray together and to read the Bible together. And um, not as much as we would have liked, I think, but um, we did make it a point in our relationship to put God first. Um, and then the other thing that I've got is that we had, you know, we, we had a, a point of sort of safety and fellowship. Um, with the mm. team and, um, you know, in, in the greater sort of uh, in the greater sort of sense of the idea that we would never be alone in the same place um, at the same time where there were no other people there that could hold us accountable. Mm. So those are sort of the the things that we the parameters that we sort of laid out. And mm. um, I don't know. Do you want to elaborate on? I think the biggest thing that kind of kept us on track and probably even the reason why we're still together is that we have the safety net of the environment that we're in, that we're with the team that are supporting us, cheering us on, but also counseling us when they see something that maybe is not right. And we can always turn to them, we can always speak to them. And they set example themselves in how they conducted their relationship yeah. and their marriage. And we have somebody to look up to. And I think that's been a great blessing. And that's been a, the biggest help, I would say, for me to have people around that are, you are accountable to, that we're accountable to, that um, yeah, always help us. Even when there's just something small that to us might seem, why is it bad? Why can't we maybe go there or talk at this situation or, or do that? And I think that's, that's totally normal. That's nowhere near anything bad but they'll say maybe you know from our experience we know this won't look good or this might lead to this this might lead to that and they can just help us to go in the right way and for so many people it might seem why why do you listen to all these different things why do you even bother with these things that are seemingly unimportant but I think that's what really kept us on the right track mm. Yeah. Can, can I just ask, Kate, I mean, was it difficult? Because, I mean, here you've got probably friends and family saying, oh, how's it going? And, you know, you want to be in love and you want to have all the feely, feely, the nice stuff about love. So how do you how do you kind of put that aside? Is it difficult? So, yeah, it's it's been difficult in many ways because since I was a teenager, many of my friends were getting boyfriends and going into relationships. And many of the relationships were good and maybe even lasted and weren't necessarily unhealthy. But I've made the decisions that I didn't want to invest my emotions into a relationship unless I knew that it's going to be hopefully forever or at least to take it seriously enough to know this is going to lead to marriage. And so many people didn't understand. Obviously, in this culture, so many people think you have to first go into the relationship so you try out mm -hmm. if, if it's going to work with that person. But by God's grace, he 
put that on my heart that it's the right thing to just wait with relationships until I know that it's that it's the real one, that it's the one. And um, many people didn't understand and looked at it from like it's really embarrassing. Why do you do that? And uh, so from that that side, it wasn't always easy. But now I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm so happy that God protected me from having my heart broken 20 times over and from being in bad relationships and that I'm able to now go into a relationship when I know this is the right thing and I don't have to doubt. I don't have to be like, oh, let's see if it will work out or not. That I can, according to where we are, invest myself fully into it, not thinking, oh, maybe it's not the right one. Should I put my emotions in it? Should I not? But I can, in a way, be more free to know this is it. And also the fact that God showed us both that we're the right people for each other was a great help. Mm -hmm. And you have an incredible testimony. They have such a wonderful testimony. We've watched you grow Mm. from just being very much friends in the beginning when you just came. Kate Kate looks after our son, Ruben, and you were so pure the way you were just friends and Slowly but surely, that friendship started mm. blooming into... Well, it, yeah, sorry, John, can I just mm. say, you know what, I, I, I'll never forget. I think it was for the first whole year, you guys hardly spoke to one another. Oh. And it got so embarrassing <laughs> that at one point, Zach would walk in the kitchen and they would just not even look at one another, not even say good morning. So I said, okay, guys, okay, just say good morning. Okay, just, <laughs> just, just like, just start with that. <laughs> so, um, but I believe... The Lord must have been in it because you needed that time to grow in ministry, but as well to kind of find your you kind of find your feet, isn't it? In a way where you'd really put God first. You don't put people or the name Vine Song first. You put in God first. What's his will? What has he called you to do? And the Bible says first seek the kingdom, and then all the rest is added. So that's exactly it's perfectly scriptural. Your step one, two, three. Yeah, I think it's a very important point is that you have to be in a, if, if you're going to go into a relationship and you want to be happy in the relationship, and we and we talk about this, um, you know, you want to be happy in a relationship, and the first thing to do is to be happy in re- your relationship with God, because if you're not happy there, the other person, you're going to try to drag that other person into the position of making you happy, and it's a it's a lose lose for both parties because both people will end up doing it, and there's there's uh, expectations that you set on people. Um, and, and we're just humans, you know, we're just people. We're going to fail. I fail Kate all the time. Um, (laughs) and she, she fails me very rarely, but, um, no, but it's, it's, but it's a, it's a real thing that people have such expectations for their relationships here on earth, but they're taking expectations that they should have with their relationship with God and placing it on that person. You know, you have to be happy with God first before you can be happy with the other person because God's going to make you happy and then from the overflow, you're going to be able to give out to that person. Um, that it's it's not a 50-50 relationship, that it's 100%, 100%. Amen. That's special because if you can grab this before you get married, it's wonderful. You save yourself a lot of heartache, you know, after the marriage. And that's why we wanted Zach and Kate to come. And I'm so happy that you agreed to be interviewed because you're not married yet. You're still working on it. And I know that there are many people out there, young people or people waiting to be married and you're struggling with exactly this purity. How do you set the boundaries? And the thing is, once that physical part is out of the way, when you've made that parameter that you mentioned before, you can deal with 
this person that you're about to get married. Because once you're married and you find out what sex is with each other and the lust of the flesh is finally, uh, you know, um, consoled, if you can call it that, uh, then you sit with a person and then you sit with all the stuff that you find out and you can't get out because you've said, I do. And the way that you guys have just put that aside and decided we're going to work through it, we're going to communicate, we're going to uh, find out who we are to each other. And we worked through a book called uh, um, 101 Questions to Ask Before You Get Engaged. It's a really, really wonderful book uh, by Norman J. Wright or Norman Wright. You please find it. We'll put it on here. 100 Questions to ask each other. Every time you are in a rela- going out for a date or going out to uh, for an hour or two to spend time, instead of being tempted physically, you're dealing with everyday things that you're going to be dealing with real once stuff. you're married. The mm-hmm. real stuff. Might as well get it over and done with before you say I do, isn't it? And could you share with us some real practical ways that you could say uh, to anyone out there who's listening, how, when you're tempted, how do you say, we've got to stop here? Or uh, just practical ways, because we want to know how. How did you do it so far? I think you touched on it a little bit, that it's great to set boundaries, to know this is, okay, we can get here, but nowhere further. And also, like you said, once you get the physical side out of the way, you can really invest yourself into the spiritual side and the emotional side, because then you don't have to worry about any other stuff. And I think for me, you can share from your side, but for me, it was very important that we told each other, okay, we're not going to kiss until this time, so that also I can relax and I don't have to think, oh, maybe is it going to come now, is it going to not? I know I can trust that, and we know exactly what is our what is our boundary and we can also be more comfortable in that so that was very important for me mm. and uh and now i'm keeping kate on her toes a little bit because our boundaries for kissing you don't right. have to share that uh, yeah but i'm going to so this <laughs> our boundaries are not your boundaries but this is fun to share because <laughs> our boundary was uh that we wouldn't kiss until we got engaged and um we still haven't kissed and we're engaged so I'm keeping Kate on her toes just a little bit because one day I might, maybe I won't, but I might. Because we talked about it and Kate said, you know, she didn't want her first kiss to be on her wedding day, that she could be prepared for it because there's lots of photos and the people are there and so on and so forth. And just as a practical purpose. But um, yeah, I think um, one thing I wanted to touch on was the like the boundaries are not there to um, restrict you, but they're there to actually give you freedom. Right. Mm. And, okay. um, and I think that's it's very important is God lays a framework. Because if you sit with somebody and you've got a, a, a chessboard and you just scatter the pieces on the chessboard and you sit across from somebody and say, okay, you go. What do you do? You don't know what to do because there's no framework for the game. But if you align your pieces correctly and you establish the rules of the game, then the first person can make the move. The second person can make the move. And by taking sort of the, phys- the physical part out of our relationship, we were able to play the game properly and not not to compare it to a game, but just to say that we were able to find out more about one another. Because mm-hmm. once you've crossed the physical line, there's no, as you said, there's no going back. Right. And most of the time, because you've crossed the physical line, your natural default is actually just to keep, you've got, a, let's say, a quiet space. Your natural default goes to 
filling mm. filling the time with mm. crossing the physical line again. And so you end up doing things just honestly for the sake of doing things, and you're not finding out more about the person. Right. And you guys were an amazing example to us. And um, Dan and Charlene counseled us from the beginning and showed us this is what we did. This is where we felt um, was good. This is where we felt was not so good, but things that we would do differently this time, things for you to consider, all these things. And I think the most important thing that you guys showed us was the layering of keeping the spiritual side at the, you know, the foundation is spiritual and you lay the foundation of friendship on top of the spiritual. And then all the rest of it can be built on that. But if you haven't got the proper foundation built up, there's nowhere to go. Your house will come crumbling down at the at the first sort of yeah yeah so um so we were very blessed to be in that sort of that position of being accountable and i think um just to say we're in a very unique position um that is one thing to touch on is that we are an extremely unique position living together as a family mm. um but that's it doesn't mean that because you're not in the same position that you can't go by sort of the same um you, you can't follow the let's i don't want to call them guidelines but you Parameters, yeah. God's way that you, you mm. there's still, God has made an, an avenue available for us to do things his way. And being in a, in a church environment, being in fellowship with other believers, being in community with people, we're doing life together. You know, this isn't just, it's not just check in, check out on Sunday. We're doing life together. Mm. And if you're in a relationship, you know, I want to encourage you that you, that you do find an older couple who's gone ahead, mm. um, be involved in the church. If you guys are going to meet together and hang out, do it with people, you know, have fun with people because that's going to be your life after, well, after the fact that you, you know, get together and you get married, you're, you, you're going to have to do life together. So start doing life now together, I think. Mm. Mm. Zach, and sometimes it's just practical because you guys were never in a car alone together. You didn't go into a room together where you're alone, where no one can see you. Yeah. I mean, this is practical stuff, right? Yeah. You've got to be practical. Yeah. I think many times, isn't it, that, that it's almost like the devil makes you feel like you're being childish or you're being treated like a child or, oh, so does this mean I'm not mature enough to handle this situation? Oh, don't you think you're strong enough? Surely you're stronger than that, that you can be in a room, a room or a car together that you can abstain. Yeah. Satan always puts that little carrot out there, doesn't he? Um, but let's touch on something to do with keeping purity, but to keep us free from pornography, <laughs> that's another biggie, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like Charlene said, if you if you don't have accountability and you don't have somebody that you can come to and say, this is what I did or this is what I'm struggling with um, or this is what I'm thinking about doing. If you haven't got somebody like that in your life, um, there's no there's no hope for that reconciliation because you're just dealing with it by yourself. And like I like what you said, that there's no room for pride when you have accountability. And so there's some really practical things that I think I've learned that you can do to sort of avoid the the temptation that's just readily available. Mm. Um, and that's, so one of the things in the beginning was when you go to bed at night, the best, the easiest thing to do is just to sit there on your phone and scroll through Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and you just, you just cut TikTok is, yeah, I, I'm not in the TikTok generation, but it's a big one. And it's all, um, it's just images all the time, all the time, all the time. And people just go to bed laying, you know, you scroll through your phone. And one thing that you, I think you were the one who told me this, put your phone on the other side of your room. Wow. Charge it on the other side of the room. When you go to bed, let your bed be your, your sleeping place. And then when you want to use your phone, 
you know, get up and go somewhere else because there's a real temptation that happens when you're sitting there in bed, you're comfortable, it's warm and you're scrolling through and you see all these images and then all of a sudden, you know, for a guy, it's a girl in a bikini that shows up and you're like, oh man, you know, and then you start thinking and then your mind starts reeling and there's, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I think there's, yeah. there's a lot of practical things to do, but the other sort of, it's also quite practical, but if you're not in fellowship, you know, you've got this, there's this desire in us to be, to have satisfaction. And if you're not filling that little void with fellowship with the Lord first, and then secondly, with fellowship with other people, you're yes. always going to have this thing that sits in you, it eats at you. And then at night, you're going to want just a little bit of, it's really, you just want a little bit more, a little bit more. And what's the quickest way for men to reach that place? Well, you quickly just watch, you know, some porn and you know, you know what you do. And it's, it's the quickest way to get that feeling of satisfaction, but it's bitter water. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, sorry, Dan, um, you go ahead. You know, I was, <laughs> and I was just thinking, you know, and it's, it's also thinking about the time of day just to be practical about it. Cause I don't know about you, but I haven't had a lot of huge spiritual stuff that normally happens between two single people after 10 or 11 p.m. at night when you're tired, it's just not conducive. And I think that's, isn't that, that's that's also kind of a practical parameters that you guys have had to. There's, there's a time for certain things and then you kind of, if you have the fear of the Lord, you kind of know, well, you kind of get a feeling, you get this edgy feeling, maybe it's not a good time to still be talking now when we're alone and it looks like we're going to be the only ones here. And it's, it's a tricky place. I, I remember even in the beginning, um, I think, I don't know why, it must have been the Lord, but I even said to you guys in the beginning, I wouldn't text. Now, I mean, how bizarre is that? You said that last week as well. <laughs> really? <laughs> we got a wedding chat. We got a wedding chat. No, but no. We, but we, it's true. We don't. We no, don't, we I, mean, don't. Is that, I felt so bad because here I am telling a young, young people that they, I, I strongly recommend. I didn't say, okay, you're not allowed to, as in, but okay, my really strong recommendation that I felt is not to text because... It's, you open yourself up there for, for chapters and chapters. And we see each other all the time. So for us, there is no much reason to need to talk outside of the time that we actually get to spend together. Mm. And like you say, and especially when I was a teenager and when I was new on Facebook and stuff, you always say stuff on, in the chat that you wouldn't to a person's face. Right. So much easier to go much farther than you would face to face. So it, it's good. I'm happy we did it that way. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, that shows you the actual danger of, of online dating and all that kind of stuff, because you can say so much more. If, if you'd see the person face to face, you go out for coffee, meeting someone for the first time, you kind of have that reservation, that healthy fear, that healthy distance, physical borders with someone. But online, you just can say, do you want to do this and this and that? No. All right. Next one. You know. How, how terrible is that? So online, uh, on our phones, is that, it's such an important thing to raise. Like I think in churches, especially if you're a Christian, we, got it, we need such wisdom on our phones, don't we? We need a hang of a lot of wisdom and say, Lord, what is healthy? What's not healthy? You know, I think so many people commit emotional adultery. They're oh, in a relationship, yeah. but you emotionally get your fix from other places. And Zach, I like what you said. You said something about if you, if you see God first, and you're in proper fellowship, then you said, then it's like the desire, you're satisfied. something like that. You're satisfied. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's in a way like with any sin, isn't it? If you're just trying to 
Absolutely. get the sin out of your life. And if that's what you concentrate on, then you're not going to be able to do it. But yeah, if you rather go to God and you say, hey, God, this is the problem here, you know, help me, then you take God and you fill up the space where the sin used to be rather than just trying to get it out. And then then you know that the guilt doesn't have hold on you either mm-hmm. because that can be so strong. But if you go to God, God takes that away because of his mercy, because of what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. He will say, I know what you've done, but I love you nonetheless. And you can be free. You can be free from what you've done, but you can also be free from the guilt. Mm-hmm. And then if you're filled with that assurance, with that love, with the peace, it's so much easier than to fight everything else off. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. concentrate on the thing itself too much. Yeah, one Thessalonians four three to five says, "For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality." So the Lord uh, commands us to do it. Um, Zach, is there something else that you'd like to share before we close? Okay, something just to encourage someone. Um, something that's on your hearts. I'm just thinking, you know, if people ask why, why is it good to be pure? Why is it good to keep sex for marriage? Even that question. Everybody, most people just don't care about it. So why is it so special? Why is it so important? And I think whatever our opinions are, already the fact that God who created us, who is all-knowing, said this is, a, this is how it should be, then who are we to say we have a different opinion on that? If we do believe that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, He created us, then He must know best. And... Purity is something that is very close to God's heart. It's not like one sin is bigger than the other. But because God says that the church is his bride and he is the bridegroom, it's a symbol of the relationship that we as a church have with God. And that's Mm. why it is so close to his heart that the marriage will be conducted in the right way. Because it is a symbol of what's to come when Jesus comes back for his church. Absolutely. Wow. Awesome. Absolutely. And... Uh, just to tack on to what you said, you know, I think God is a holy God and in in him there is no sin. And if every thought that he thinks towards us is good and there's no sin in his plan for our lives, then why would we want to do, why would we want to run our lives in any other way than the way that he has said, this is how you should, this is how you should um, uh, present yourself. This is how you should Mm. This is how you should live. Walk in this. Mm. Walk in this way. Walk in this way. There's there's no mm. better way than God's mm. way. The best plans that I have for my life, the best plans that Kate has for my life <laughs> <laughs> or her own life or any of us have that mm. there's nothing better than God's plan and his design. He has the most, he knows the end from the beginning. Mm. He knows all the possibilities and the possibilities of those possibilities. Mm. And he's saying, this is the right way. This is the, not only because I said it is, but because I know Mm. it's the best thing for you. How do you, how do you still do it and remain unpopular? Because your view is nowadays as unpopular as anything is unpopular. I think it's great to surround yourself with godly people, to have counselors maybe that went ahead, but also from your generation to have people that have the same moral standard, that want to also pursue purity and then share with them and share the struggles and and be open about everything. And I think that's what also helped me before I joined Rhinesong when I was back in Czech Republic, that most of my friends had the same opinion. And then that was back then my safety Mm. space, that I wasn't... Mm. I wasn't really friends with people who had different opinions. I mean, I was, but the closest people were the ones who had the same opinion, and that helped a lot. Mm. Mm. 
I think there's also someone watching, you know, you, you might know a young person or young people as well. And I think, I think you've stirred people's hope that it is possible. Purity is possible. You know, Satan is the author of, of, of sexual lust, of lust. God gives love. Satan gives, uh, uh, God gives love. Satan gives, gives lust. And they are at, at, at war with one another. And that's why everything we see on TV and on our phones distort that that picture and uh, so uh, we're, we're very proud of you and we know you've encouraged someone um, out there and um, there's just actually so much more to say but uh, Zach I think a prayer would be very helpful and I think would be very healing for someone because some people might be sitting in guilt maybe something's gone horribly wrong maybe that happened to you and I think we need to encourage in your prayer encourage someone just in that in this journey of, of of purity. Um, I think that'll be great if you can. Thank you. Well, Father, we just lift up this conversation to you. We lift up the people who are watching and listening in. And for whatever stage they're at in their life, Father, I pray that you would just be with them and showing them what it is that you have in store for them, what it is that your will is for their life, your purpose for their life. And Father, I pray for the people who have blown it, that they would know that it's not too late to step back and try again, that there's grace and forgiveness, that you stood at the well with the woman and you said to her, your sins are forgiven, now go and sin no more, that there would be reconciliation and then empowerment and encouragement in the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray for the people who are who have stayed pure in their walks and their lives with you, that you would continue to strengthen them, that you would continue to guide them along the path that you have for them, and that you would just encourage everyone listening, whatever area that they're in, whatever stage that they're at, that you would encourage them just to be closer to you, that they would seek your kingdom first, that they would walk in the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and that they would live lives to glorify your name. And Father, we just lift up the rest of this time to you now. We lift up the rest of our nights, our, our weekend that we're headed into, that those who are struggling with any um, impurity, that you would strengthen them, that you would break any bondage right now in Jesus' name, that every demon every power of hell, every force of the enemy, every lie that Satan has tempted people with would be broken in this moment in the name of Jesus and that your spirit would free them from their bondage. You say your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Fellowship with you is a joy and a privilege, Father. I pray that you would empower people to be in fellowship with you and with friends around them and with believers beside them in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Kate. Thank you guys for sharing your, your great testimony. And I know it's just the beginning because I know God's going to use you guys so powerfully going forward. And uh, what a wonderful thing. So thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to leave you with a song called In the Stillness. And uh, may you find that quiet place with the Lord and to make your peace and to take those powerful steps forward in your journey on purity. 
um, as we all seek for that closer fellowship with the Lord together. So God bless you. Thank you for joining us. See you next week, God willing, on Friday p.m. Bye-bye. Your mind.